This poem is called When Belonging Isn't an Option. Where is the place you feel you belong the most? A writing prompt in English class, something I asked myself when I started writing this poem, a question adjacent to what do you want to be when you grow up or where do you see yourself in 10 years? These questions have different answers for different people, obviously, but have you ever thought that some people couldn't answer your questions? What if where's the place you feel you belong the most doesn't have an answer? What if that place doesn't exist? What if belonging isn't an option? When I was younger, the replies would come easy. Where's the place you feel you belong the most? At seven, the answer would have been in my mom's arms. At 10, Hogwarts. 12, with my diverse group of friends. But when you begin to realize that the world is filled to the brim with buried black bodies and built on slave backs and bones that look like your own, safety isn't an option. Belonging isn't an option. That question, where's the place you feel you belong the most? I don't have an answer. What do you do when the warmth of your mother's arms and embrace isn't so warm anymore? When hiding beneath the ink of fictional books and mystical worlds isn't so magical anymore? When your diverse group of friends aren't facing the same problems as you anymore? When their smiles turn to frowns, when you're suddenly too loud for them, too much for them, too black for them, when you aren't welcome anymore? When these places disappear, where do we go? When I'm not welcome anymore, when my blackness shows through my human, where do I go? Where's the place you feel you belong the most is a question I know not how to answer. When belonging isn't an option, when that place doesn't exist, when my blackness shows through my human, where do I go? Where's the place you feel you belong the most? We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we been here. We in here, yeah, we in here, cause we been here. That's it. Welcome, welcome back and happy Monday. We are Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen and I will be your hostess with the Moses as usual. Um, but while we're getting started, we need to go through and get some introductions. So uh, Sammy, kick us off. Hi, my name is Samuel and I'm fifth, in fifth grade, I'm 11, I'm homeschooled. I have an afro. Boy, okay. <laughs> Miss Anaya. <laughs> hey, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm currently junior in high school. And just like Sam said, I got braids in my hair. So, yeah. If you want to talk about her hair, you know. Okay, Anaya. <laughs> Miss Jada. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Jada. I am a homeschool junior, and I'm glad to be back. And if anybody wants to know, I have locks. So, woo. Okay. And so uh, before I go to Melissa, who just did our opening poem, snaps up for Melissa. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my lady. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I am a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area. And if we're talking about hair, um, I braided my own hair. Yeah. And I got on a wig. Okay, so now we all know what everybody's doing. Okay, great. All right. Awesome. <laughs> So we're talking about when belonging isn't an option. We have a few stories that we need to uh, go through and uh, make sure that we get some eyes on. As usual, uh, ladies and gents, 
Uh, I expect nothing more than just your uh, opinions and, and your own smoke the way that you like to bring it. So without further ado, let's go to our first story because we don't want to run out of time. Check this out. The video on your screen right now was taken from a surveillance camera inside the cafeteria at Palm Elementary School in Lorraine, Ohio. The school district blurred the faces of all the students involved. The nine-year-old girl told the principal she did not like the waffles she had and she threw them away. According to a federal lawsuit filed by the family, a cafeteria staff member pulled the waffles from the trash and forced the girl to return to her table and finish them. At the time, Lorraine schools promised to conduct an investigation and condemn the actions. An attorney for the family gave a more detailed account of what the video showed. We see in the video on uh, this monitor, the name's defendant, um, go ahead and grab the waffle out of the garbage and she appears to instruct the student to go get a paper towel, go back to her seat. She places the waffle at the table and then for a matter of minutes is talking with her, instructing her, um, as we know from, from, from the victim standpoint, that she needs to eat this waffle that was in the garbage. And the monitor goes as far as to sit right next to her, as is alleged in the complaint, uh, and intimidate her into doing so. The spokesperson says the Lorraine School District was not commenting beyond what they've said in the past. The paraprofessional and principal were fired. Apparently, the principal knew about what happened but never reported it. So, I mean, before I throw this to you guys, I just have to say, who the hell <laughs> do we have in our schools monitoring children? Like, in what world? do we have people take things out of the trash and eat them like in what world like anyway uh let me go to you melissa because i saw your eyes while you were listening i don't know if you were in disbelief but what was going through your mind i don't even know what to say like the food i'm gonna be honest the food school the i mean the school's food sometimes is nasty she threw it away because she didn't want to eat it I throw school food away because I don't want to eat it. So it's not homemade food. Like who's, I don't understand why they needed to make her eat it. What were your feelings hurt that she didn't want to eat it? That's none of your business. Come you on. have no right to treat someone else's child like that. You wouldn't want someone to make your child eat out the trash can. So what makes you think that it's okay to make someone else's child eat out the trash can? Jada. First off, that is disgusting and unsanitary. And I don't care how long she was sitting next to me. I'm not eating that waffle. You can go ahead and call my parents right now. What were the parents called? I'm I, were the parents called in that moment? Like I'm were the parents called? I didn't hear them say the parents were called. But what is what is there to call the parents about? <laughs> oh, your child's not eating the waffle, so we're trying to sit here and make her eat it from the trash. Are you are you kidding me? I'm not, that's so unsanitary. And that is disgusting. They're treating us like animals, like animals. Like we're supposed to eat out the trash. That, That's disgusting. Samuel. It's a classic miss, uh, it's a classic power dynamic. It's an adult. They can, they, they can actually get you in trouble. They can pull a few strings because they're an adult in the school, which they shouldn't have any authority in their school if they're making if they're making children eat out of the trash, but I digress. So the child is basically intimidated and forced to 
because she's like, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't do this. She's going to get me in trouble. I'm going to something. She she's thinking in her mind, something's going to happen if she doesn't eat this waffle. And this classic just fear mongering and just the power dynamic of a of a adult monitoring the kids and the kid themselves. So they feel like they they're just trapped in the situation and they have to do whatever they say because they could get them in trouble or they're in a bad situation in that moment because yeah it's crazy it's crazy anaya that's just straight up nasty that's like jay said that's disgusting that's nasty also like sam said it's just power dynamic like why do you feel the need to make this girl eat out of the trash. She didn't like it for a reason. What makes you think she's going to be willing to eat it after she didn't like it the first time? She threw it away. And you made her dig it out the trash. You thought wiping it off was going to do something? Mm. And why did you decide to pick on that one little girl? I guarantee all the kids have thrown something away. That, that's what's going to be my point, because as she was focusing all of her attention on this one child, who was monitoring the other children who were also throwing things away? Right. And why didn't they pull out pull it out the trash for every child that was throwing things away? Um, this was a nine-year-old girl. Um, the school district is the Lorraine City School District. I believe that's in Ohio, but I, yeah, North, Northeast Ohio. So we're, we're talking about people just doing things because they feel like they have the right to do them. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but I was looking at, uh, at the video, little sister had a, she was like, uh, no, like, mm -mm. she had a straight up attitude. And why wouldn't she, why wouldn't she have an attitude being asked to do things that she doesn't do at home, go get it from the trash and eat it. That's nasty. Like, I don't, I don't understand if they're not doing this to all the children, they should not have done it to this one. And now I don't care if they were fired because how many children have they done this to up to this point? Does it matter that they were fired? What do you guys think? And the principal was fired because she knew about it and didn't report it or something like that? What do you guys think? Is is being fired, does that fix everything? Um, no, because when they go get a job at another school, what are they going to do then? Being fired, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's improvement. That's a step towards something. But it's like, that doesn't fix everything. That girl was still forced to eat that food. That girl was still probably felt, she probably still felt, feels intimidated by those grown adults that made her sit there and do that. Mm. So the teachers are gone. They have yeah. nothing to worry about anymore. They might go do that again and try not to get caught. Try to go to a school that doesn't have security cameras. Mm. But firing is like, it's good, but it's not good enough. So let me ask you something. If, and Sammy, I see your hand. If a child experiences this type of response from an adult, what do you think they're, the next time they see adults coming and standing over them in the cafeteria setting, how, how do you think that that child is to respond at that point? Fearful, intimidated. It's that fear tactic that they pull that's going to hold and hang over her head forever. What is that called when when you have an adverse reaction based on a previous situation? PTSD. PTSD. So you have this young lady 
who was now traumatized because of an adult power trip and firing that's the first step but who is putting things in place to help her deal with the trauma that she has just incurred because i don't give a damn about the adults what happens to the child in this situation because then you wonder why they they go into other dynamics into a classroom dynamic and somebody stands over her or or responds to her in the same way these two adults were in the cafeteria she goes into the classroom and has a reaction there too right and then she's blamed and she's put out of class and she's overly disciplined because she experienced trauma at the hands of adults and nobody really put anything in place to help her they're getting on my nerves. People are getting on my nerves, y'all, for sure, for sure, for sure. So listen, I got another story. This is a doozy as well. Another young girl uh, in the school system. Check this out. Parents of a special needs girl say she was bullied by her own teacher. CBS 4's Ted Scouten spoke with the girl's mother and reports from Miami. I like playing on the piazza and I like eating my mommy food. Talking to us with her mother right next to her, seven-year-old Amaria Clark is a happy child who was a student at Air Base Elementary School in Homestead. That is until recently, after allegations that she was bullied by a teacher. I was hurt. I'm still hurt. You know, I sent her to school. The way I sent her to school, that's the way I expect her to come back. Ada Clark is Amaria's mom. She's a loving, she's sweet, she's kind, she's loving. She's not an evil child, she's not a vicious child. The family attorneys say that Amaria, who's developmentally delayed, was mistreated by a teacher, so she was pulled from the class. It's after that that the attorneys say that teacher retaliated. To see Amaria boarding the bus home, come up from behind, swoop in on Amaria without any provocation, notice, or warning, grab Amaria from behind, jerk her and yank her around to falsely accuse this little girl of stealing a cell phone, which of course there was no cell phone. According to the family, Amaria suffered a sprained arm and had to wear a sling. No child should have to go to school worried about what will happen to them in school in regard to the teachers and the administrators. The Miami-Dade School District released a statement saying these are serious allegations that were thoroughly investigated as soon as they were first reported. The investigation was concluded with a finding of no probable cause. There was no clearing. Once we get a chance to depose the uh, 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 principals at the school, officials at the school, the, the teacher, and some of these students, then we'll see if she's cleared. Okay, because the because the baby is clearly lying, yeah, the baby's clearly lying because the the school district investigated and they found no probable cause. Excuse me, Sam. This makes no sense. How are you a teacher teaching special ed and you're bullying your students? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. She's seven. She's seven. She's a kid. You sprained her arm. That's child abuse. Come on, Sam. Talk to you. You should be put on criminal charges. At least a year in jail. No, five years in jail. You sprained a child's arm uh, unprovokingly. They didn't do anything to you. You you just you just wanted to make a child un unhappy, traumatized. Fearmonger. 
makes no sense. I don't I don't care if the child is seven or 17. If they're in your care and you are a teacher, you sh- are supposed to protect them. My child would not come home with a sprained wrist, a broken wrist. I send her to school and she needs to come back just like that. I, I don't understand. And then even going back to the other store, like we get in trouble for having attitudes. We get expelled, suspended, written up because adults feel however they feel towards black students. But you treat us like this, make us eat out the trash can, bully us, physically hurt us, and you expect us and our parents not to retaliate? I don't understand. Jada, both you and Anaya had your mouths wide open um, at various points in this video. Um, Share with us what's going on. I'm upset. Like. I get the mom is crying, but I wouldn't be crying. I would be so mad. I send my daughter to school and she comes back with a sprained wrist to hear that it was from an adult. My first reaction would get physical. I'm sorry, but that would be my first reaction because I'm not sending my child to school for her to come back with a sprained wrist because you think she's, you think she stole a cell phone. You, there's so many ways you could have, there's so many ways you could have approached the situation. You could have approached her calmly. Hey, did you steal a cell phone? But not yanking her from behind. First of all, that's my first problem. And then to find out she got a sprained wrist. Oh, my God. These people are crazy. They must have lost their minds. Anaya? Yeah. Um, it's just very shocking because who thinks like that? Like, I know in the video, correct me if I'm wrong, they said that the seven-year-old girl was developmentally delayed, correct? Correct. I'm pretty sure she knows her name. You would have said, oh, excuse me, so-and-so. You know, not, not like that. Excuse me, so-and-so. Um, you know, someone lost their phone. Da, da, da. These kids are also pretty sure in elementary school. Why are they bringing phones to school? But that's just me. That That's just me. Did any other kid get questioned about the cell phone? That's the million-dollar question. That's the million why, why'd you yank her around? I play fight. I used to play fight with my siblings. We never got hurt like that. We were never sent to the hospital. So if I'm play fighting with my older brothers and I've never gotten hurt, why are you, how, how did you end up hurting that seven-year-old girl so bad, yanking her so bad that she ended up having a sprained arm? Yeah. How well, let's, you... talk about it. let's talk about it because I'm, let me um, blow this up just so that uh, it's going to take it off. Let me see. So. Is it going to let me? All right, let's do this. So it says witnesses, including the little girl's older brother, saw the teacher pull the little black girl down the bus steps and publicly accuse her of stealing a cell phone. But they investigated, right, and found no probable cause. Okay. Um, The victim's mother says she was made aware of the incident after the children came home. Who was supposed to call the parents? Hmm? Who was supposed to call them? Um, let's see. When my child gets off the bus, the other children were all around me telling me what happened. It didn't make sense. But by the time I got to Amaria, her arms told it all. The mother took the girl to Nicholas Children's Hospital's urgent care unit and reported the assault to the Miami-Dade County Police Department. In their report, the police write that they also observed red bruises on the child's hands and wrists. 
Once the doctor came back and had to wrap her little wrist, I just broke. She went from doing cartwheels up and down to now having to rest her, her hand on a pillow because it hurts. The family claims that Amaria suffered a sprained arm as a result of this assault and is now in a sling. But you did your investigation and you found no probable cause, but the child is clearly injured. And that to me continues to show that school districts protect, they protect their teachers, even if they're wrong. Now, the one thing mama did that I wholeheartedly applaud is she got baby girl up out of that school. But we have to stop sending y'all into environments that are gonna treat you like this. Every so often we get complaints here. Every time y'all done stole some earbuds, allegedly, y'all done stole cell phones, y'all have, uh, you guys are doing all this thing. Nobody ever has to produce any evidence that you did it, but you did it. And I'm confused. I'm not confused, but I'll say I'm confused for lack of a better word in this moment. At what point is enough enough? And that is not an indictment of all teachers. I know some pretty good teachers. I know some fabulous teachers. My mother was a teacher. But when you have people in your profession that are just straight up idiots that don't need to have access to children, it's incumbent upon you to say something. Believe the children. I got to go get doctor's notes and all kind of stuff to let you know that somebody harmed my kid. All the children are saying what they observed and you did an investigation, Miami Day police or Miami Day school district. Y'all did an investigation, really? Because she had, I think she had what, what did it say? 45 years of experience and, and no uh, discipline port reports. What? That just means she wasn't caught. Or y'all didn't y'all didn't hold her accountable when she did this before. At what point is enough enough? So kudos to mom for getting her baby up out of there. This type of stuff, y'all. I wish I I wish <laughs> we had this like little little emoji like on our screen that the temperature is rising because I'm hot. I'm hot right now. <laughs> I'm hot because I just I I she's seven. She can't defend herself. What you saying to me, Melissa? No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like, she's seven. She can't defend herself. My little sister, when she was about her age, broke her wrist. Do you know how much force you have to use on a child to hurt them like that? My sister broke her wrist riding a hoverboard, and she fell off and hit the cement. Do you know how much force an adult would have to use on a child to sprain her wrist like that? We saw the picture. You know how much force they would have to use to harm her like that that's unacceptable she needs to be out of a job forever she does not need to be around children ever again because if it was that one child how many more went through something like that okay and how many parents don't know about it or found out about it later like this mom they notified her after school it needs to be notified as soon as it happened she had to hear it from other kids first kids getting off the school bus and going to her and telling her what had happened to her child, but we're leaving, I'm leaving my child in your care and you don't let me know what happens when I'm at school. Where's the incident report? Exactly. 
Where's the phone call home? What are their policies that dictate if something happens to my child on your campus that you are to notify me immediately? And and we see this in all these cases that none, no person at the school, not the principal, assistant principal, any of the teachers, nobody, alerts the the parent as soon as it happens. It's after school, maybe a day later, maybe a few hours later. It's never exactly when it happens, and it's purposeful. Because mm. they're trying to try try to like form an excuse while they're trying to ex- how figure out how to explain it to the mother mm. or parent, I should say, just parent in general. Yeah. What would have been an okay excuse, guys? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, should have never happened in the first place. Nothing. Was she fired? I'm curious. She no. They said there was no probable cause. Y'all read the statement. What y'all think was just? <laughs> the school district released the statement saying the teacher did nothing wrong. The These are serious sport. allegations that were thoroughly investigated as soon as they were first reported. The investigation was concluded with a finding of no probable cause. You 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 committed uh, child abuse in an elementary school? Who cares? Come back. Come back, please. Please. No probable cause, y'all. If that happened in a home structure, the child would have been removed from the home and the parents would have been arrested. Mm. I'm confused on why nothing was wrong, but my child has a sprained wrist from you. And I feel like in situations that are not in the home where a child is hurt need to be taken even more seriously because that is in someone else's care. That is not your child. You are being put in charge of this child. You're being trusted with someone else's child. And mm-hmm. they come back home with the sprained wrist and you weren't notified. Like Sam said, they never notify us, notify parents until afterwards, unless they're trying to make it seem like it's our fault. If it would have just been the stolen phone, they would have called the parent and said, your child stole this phone. But because something happened to her and it was the school's fault, they didn't want to be found out. But if it would have been the child's fault or in their eyes, just the child's fault, if it would have just been the stolen phone or like Miss Lorraine said, stolen earbuds or whatever, whenever they want to make it seem like it's our fault, they'll go and tell everybody. But when we need to be protected, they don't care. And she yeah. was real bold to do this in a public setting, which means that this has probably happened before, but no kid was sent home injured, which is why she, that, that stuff was allowed to pass, which is why she felt like she could do it again. And now that you have evidence of the repercussions of your actions, still nothing? And probable cause, and I, I'm sorry, I'm listening to y'all. I wasn't really looking at you, but I looked up the definition of probable cause, and it says sufficient reason based upon known facts to believe a crime has been committed or that certain property is connected with the crime. So d- did you see probable cause in the news story? Yes, she committed child abuse. It's so crazy. But the sprained but, wrist is evidence enough. She came home with a sprained wrist, but did not leave to go to school with a sprained wrist. That needs to be evidence enough. And I know, I know y'all are sick of hearing stories like this, but the kids that are experiencing them are sick of experiencing them. I'm sick of, of doing stories like this. Honestly, 
but they keep happening. So we have to inform you all that, you know, for all those people, oh, open up the schools five days a week, no, no restrictions. And I was saying black children were having a hard time before the pandemic. And then we went back into school, business as usual, where we've given license to these people to continue the things that they had always done. And our children are bearing the brunt of it. So as long as they're happening, sorry, we got to show them because I want to get to the point where we have nothing but positive stories, to be perfectly honest with you all. But that's not the world that we're living in, unfortunately. And I I don't want to talk about them, but we have to. Um, Personally, I believe yeah. the school should be shut down because how many injured children is it going to take for them to finally take action? Because that's ridiculous. I think all them children should be pulled out of that school. As soon as they heard, oh, you injured that, you injured that child and you're still here? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take my kid too. Because it's not going to happen to my kid. It's not going to happen to my kid. How about failure to protect? That's what they do with parents. If you knowingly subject your kid to certain things. I know you're not mad at us. I know. We all pissed at the school districts. Absolutely. Because got a bunch of bonehead running school districts. You did an investigation. Who did the investigation? What are your qualifications? You're not good at your job. You need to be replaced. The teacher probably did her own investigation. <laughs> like, I didn't do that. What, what y'all talking about? I don't even know that girl. Right. Right. And she wasn't in her class anymore. If you heard the story, she was moved out of that class. And in retaliation, she came up and got this kid. We're leaving our babies to the slaughter. And, and I just can't, I can't rock with it, y'all. I, I just cannot. I cannot rock with it because we're having more and more traumatized young people that we have to really kind of insulate and build back up when nobody else is dealing with this stuff. No other kid group in the school district is dealing with this stuff. We have to be honest about that. But take a breather because I got who's who's talking. Who was that? That was me. I have a, so no. she was also a special ed teacher, right? Or she was she was a special ed teacher? Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about how you have to go through different training, special training to be able to to protect these kids, and you're treating her like that? You have to go through different training to be to allegedly. Help. Allegedly, exactly. You're supposed to, if you're going into this field and then you're going into a subfield in that field, if you're going into teaching and then going into special ed, it's because you want to be able to protect these kids and to help these kids that are, I don't Differently able. Yeah, but it's, I don't understand. People just. And she had a whole IEP. She's supposed to have protections. What are we doing? What are we doing? We let this, we we just let this stuff go, man. I'm I'm just I'm I'm livid right now. Um, but we have to kind of um we have some some just one more story, um, and then we can sound off about it. Um, this one hits closer to home. It's here in Northern California. Um, yeah, take a look at this. Fighting back tears, Folsom High School freshman Anaya Peer tries to process her pain. The 15-year-old tells me fellow students have been calling her racial slurs since October. They started, like, saying, like, the N-word in class. Some alleged statements ripped from the headlines and taken as threats. He said, like, I can't breathe, like, the stuff from George Floyd. I think he's going to, like, 
going to do that to me. Anaya says photos with racist captions were even sent on the social media app Snapchat. And it said, like, um, F, F you, the N-word, and the ones that I hate um, people of color. Anaya's mother, Tiffany, says her daughter no longer wears her typical long braids to school because classmates pulled her hair. Tiffany tells me she only just found out about the bullying last week. She says Anaya told the school about the issues months ago, but nothing was done. I think they should have made the school district aware and they should have let me know too. But in a statement, the Folsom Cordova Unified School District tells KCRA 3 administrators at Folsom High were first made known of the activity last Friday and immediately upon learning about it, the school and district administration took action. The district goes on to say all legal and due process measures are actively being pursued, stating that FCUSD will not tolerate acts of racism, hate, or bullying, and treat such egregious offenses with the fullest extent of disciplinary measures. I feel like that's not enough. Tiffany is not confident students will be held accountable because she says she's been made aware of past racist incidents at Folsom High. It's some more kids that's at the school that's doing the same thing. The only solution in her eyes is expulsion. I just don't want them to go to the same school as my daughter. And if that can't happen, then I just will put my daughter up out of that school. I don't feel safe at that school. Okay. Samuel? What is that? Months? And she was told last week? And then you lied when she told when she told you that this was happening. Oh, it just happened last Friday. No, it didn't. She did not tell you last Friday. She told you probably in October when it started happening. But you just put it off because you didn't want to. You didn't want to get a lawsuit or whatever. What? And then it happens before. And you say you don't condone racism, which every school that we cover says that. And then it's, it's happened explicitly before. So there's no excuse. No, we were told we were told when we told the parent. No, no, there's no excuse for this for this behavior as a school, as a school, this the reaction to this situation. Hmm. Jada? I don't think it's a, I just don't want them to go to the same school as my daughter. No, your daughter needs to be removed from that school. You need to pull your daughter from that school. We can't, like, it's not a, I don't want them to go to the same school as her. She shouldn't be in that school anymore. She says she doesn't feel safe, so you move her somewhere else. Or you homeschool her. That's my solution. And it's so sickening because Sam is right. Every school that we cover, they're always talking about, oh, we don't condone it. Then why is it happening? And why wasn't the mom told about it right away? And why wasn't a, why wasn't it situationally why wasn't it handled the minute that she brought you, brought this to your attention? Like this this school is out of control, man. Melissa, I'm so angry because it's like the mother wasn't notified, and we always see this in the last story. The mother wasn't notified until the end of the day. This mom wasn't notified until months later. This 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 is perfect evidence that these schools don't care about us as students. I I'm so angry. 
because it's like she shouldn't have to go through this and you can see how hurt she is she says she doesn't feel safe at this school the administrative administration the principal these people should care that she doesn't feel safe here and you need to do something to change that if one student in your district in your school doesn't feel safe that means you're doing something wrong and i my thing is, I know the school's lying about, oh, we didn't know about it until the 21st of January. If people were saying this stuff to her in class, I guarantee you the teachers heard it. I guarantee you it got around. Oh, you heard that. Okay. Yeah. I guarantee. Teachers know how social media works. Te teachers know how things work. Teachers aren't stupid. So it's the teachers also just being quiet. Oh, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. The teachers knew. They heard. It's like, that's just. But I also wonder, like, did did, did her, did she tell her mom? Or did, did like, that's a part that's moving for me. Like, did she tell her mom? Or did her, did her mom just, like, should it find out from the school? And then if it's been happening since October, was the school trying to cover it up? Well, obviously. But it's just like there's so many like missing pieces. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I agree with what Jada said. Like I also agree with the mom. Like, yeah, obviously the kids need to be expelled. It's been it's something at least. But then also she needs to be pulled out of that school. Because if the school took what October, November, December, January, four months to even address it, that's a problem within the school, as well as the kids. And it shows how it really affected her self-esteem as well. She took out her braids. First of all, they're pulling her hair, the physical contact. That should automatically require disciplinary action. You don't put your hands on other students. They're quick to expel students or get into a fight. Like, it's like, let's just like think about these things. Like, I agree 100%. Um, but I wanna show y'all something because uh, the principal did send out a video and I don't know if I was more angry or what, but y'all be the judge. Here you go. Good evening, everybody. This is Mr. Cadenhead. It is Friday, January 28th, and I want to take time this Friday to talk a little bit about some of the recent events that have come to our attention this week and that a lot of us are reflecting on. I know our students are aware of and talking about as well. If you're not aware, it was brought to our attention last Friday that we have students uh, who were victims of bullying and harassment, much of which was a racial nature. Um, and it was really uh, a difficult situation and it has been a difficult situation for the victims for sure. And our heart goes out to them. And um, it's something that is certainly causing our community and ourselves, myself, to reflect on you know, how we move forward and how we support our students and each other in these times and um, how we reinforce the values that we have at Folsom High School that we know are important to us and we've repeated over and over that every student at Folsom High School uh, needs to be comfortable being who they are at Folsom High School. It doesn't matter what that means, but when students come to us at Folsom High School, what's incredibly important uh, to all of us, me especially, is that we can be comfortable being where we're from, who we are, what we believe in, etc. cetera. Um, and that events this week show that we have to continue that hard work um, and even today I met with 
uh, some of our student body and um, you know, a really impressive group of young people to kind of talk about and reflect on the incidents and members of our culture and diversity student council and talking about how we continue moving forward. And again, ensuring that we continue to build structures uh, that, that enforce or, or foster strong relationships between students and adults and students and other students so that everybody, again, is comfortable sharing when something doesn't feel right. So I also think it's really important that we all are diligent in those moments when something doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right, that, that even if we're reticent sometimes to speak out for ourselves, that we look out for each other at all times. Um, and so we're going to continue in doing that hard work and having hard conversations and reflecting on the things that we do and and keep moving forward. And, and you know, we're incredibly proud of our student body at Folsom High School, incredibly proud of you guys, even if um, things do happen once in a while that are really, really difficult that we have to respond to. Um, we think Folsom High is a great place to be and we'll continue getting better in the future. Um, as we all kind of can recommit to that work and looking out for each other. So um, just wanted to make sure that we share that. And, um, you know, as always, it's Friday. So read a good book without pictures. Have a passion for something positive. Tell your family you love them this weekend. Let's look out for each other. And our key word is balance. Take care, guys. What? It, it was so ingenuine. It was crazy. It was so ingenuine, it was crazy. <laughs> like, if, if, if you cared, you would have told the mother when when you when uh when the student told you. If you really cared that much, you would have told the mother when the student told you. And how are you how are you proud of your students when they just basically committed a hate crime? This is this is racial harassment and assault. That's a hate crime. That is literally the definition of a hate crime. How are you proud of your student body when this has happened before? And and probably is gonna happen after because they're not taking proper disciplinary actions, proper anything in this situation. Why, just, why did he why did he say victims like plural why is there plural in the word victims has are there multiple people going through this i'm confused because he's like oh yeah the recent incident and you know the victims i've i only had one story are there are there more that y'all are aware about that we're not aware about so this is a continual thing interesting mm. and, and and so <laughs> So uh, obviously this video was intended for the uh, families of students at Folsom High School. Um, shout out to the person who sent it to me. Um, we weren't supposed to have this video because we're on the outside, right? Um, the other thing is not only was it disingenuous, uh, Samuel, it was downright tone deaf. Um, it lacked any type of compassion, any type of feeling for the seriousness of the incident and the child that was targeted. Child, not children, student, not students. Um, now the two who were uh, sus allegedly suspended, those were two boys. One uh, Snapchat message or whatever message on social media said, F-U-N-I-G-G-A. 
The other one said, I hate black people, not people of color, not minorities. It said black people. So you have these incidents and then you, you put this fool on the camera and I'm trying to figure out what it was he was supposed to convey because all I'm left with is read a good book without freaking pictures. And the key word is balance. No, no, boo. The key word is accountability. And we want to see some. What type of, see, they, I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that there is an alternate reality somewhere. One that we are not part of. He was way too calm. He was reading from his screen because I could tell because he had on glasses and it was reflecting. There was nothing that said, I care about all students. It's I care about the reputation of this school, which is known for its football team and the championships that they may have gotten, right? That's what it, it, it said to me. It didn't say we are taking this absolutely serious and we're making sure that student has what she needs to be cool. It's just ridiculous. Jada? I'm, I'm frustrated because his tone, like, I don't know if he was trying to be a little too serious, but I didn't, I didn't even pay attention to the fact that he was actually reading a script. So he, this is something that he practiced. This is something he was all like, okay, I'm going to say like this, you know, had a little funky and to make everybody laugh. This isn't funny. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm extremely frustrated at how he lacks any sort of compassion for the child, child, singular, not plural, because we're talking about this situation specifically. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm having like a coughing fit <clears throat> over here, but I wanted to kind of show you guys this really quickly. Um, let's see. First of all, look at this beautiful girl. <clears throat> What you can do when you have support, shout out to my brother, Barry Axius, who's been with the family since last week. Um, so stu two students were suspended Monday for making racist remarks to freshmen, I guess it's Anaya Peer, in school and online, according to Peer's mother, Tiffany. Amos says the boys admitted to the vice principal calling Anaya black monkey, or Ania, I can't remember what how they pronounced that. <clears throat> calling her black monkey and telling her that what they telling her they would do to her what happened to George Floyd. Now, George Floyd was murdered. Is that a terrorist terroristic threat? That's a death threat? Yes. That's a death threat. Yeah. Yes. Again, hate crime. Amos also said that uh let's where it go. Said the boys also pulled her daughter's hair to the point where she had to remove her braids. And once the students expelled, they should be arrested for assault. Um, you see her hair. Um, she stopped wearing her braids because they were pulling it. And Jada, you made a very good observation. That's contact with a student. Why, why weren't they suspended just for that? This other stuff is enhancements. Now, I know we're not dealing with the penal code just yet. But they put all kind of enhancements on, on our children, Black children when things happen in schools. So you have assault, you have the pulling the hair, you have threats and you have threats of a racial nature, you have vulgar language and they got suspended. Are they moving to them for expulsion? 
Like they admitted to doing it, so there's no argument. Like, what are what are we doing? It's ridiculous. And you know, I, I just my heart goes out to her because I think that a lot of times people take um these type of situations and they make light of them. They don't understand the toll it takes on somebody to be racially harassed. And I and I want to kind of draw a parallel between the um black VP administrator that we we saw last week on our stories to this 15 year old girl same reaction to the harassment the tears but she does not have the skill set that the adult has to deal with it right and so you guys see her what what type what would you say to her if you had a chance to say anything to her what what would you say i don't and think words Oh, sorry. Ahead, yeah. I don't personally, I don't think there's anything that I can say that can heal whatever she's feeling. All I can do, I, I just like my, my first reaction was to when I saw her crying was to give her the biggest hug and just to be there for her, because I feel like she really needs to feel like she has some support in this. And I support her 100 percent. And I just really wanted to give her the biggest hug. That's what I really wanted to do. Anaya. Definitely. I 100% agree with Jada. There's nothing, words aren't coming to my mind right now that I could ever say to make her feel any better. You know, people say like, oh, I feel the same way. Why should, like, why would it be a thing to be like, I guess the only really thing that could be like, oh, okay, is like, yeah, other people are going through this as well. You know, you're not alone. But even that's not enough. That's like, that that that's a sucky response. So I just give her a hug and I cry it out with her. You know, just just it's the best way I feel like I can be there for her. Just hug her and just just let her let all the emotions that she still has just just let her let it out. Melissa? Yeah, I agree with both of you. I don't I don't even know what you can say. I'm sorry on behalf of all of the adults and people who let you down who should be there to protect you, but even that can't take back what happened. Yeah. I guess I would say I'm sorry on behalf of everyone who should have been there for you and wasn't and be there for her as the best way I could. Samuel. Ah, uh, I, I don't, I, maybe I, I'll probably say we're going to fight this because this, this is unacceptable. Anywhere, anytime. This is unacceptable. And this should not be tolerated nor kept a secret on campus on a campus. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I would echo y'all sentiments. You guys know that I'm big on hugs around here. Um I, I uh, it's so much, you know, that you guys go through that we expect you to just get through, get over because they like to kind of um, refer to you as resilient. And I don't believe that children should have to survive their childhood, nor should only one group of, ch of children be taught resilience. Um, I think that that's an unfair expectation. But honestly, my comments are reserved for the idiot who released uh, the video. Um, and his excuses, um, him talking about the values. What are your values on your campus, sir? 
What values? What values are you speaking of that you are so proud of? Because any child that is crying saying what's happening on campus does not deserve to hear you're proud of your student body. Unacceptable. Um, comfortable with who they are. This is not a, a thing where we can choose what type of lifestyle we live or how we want to identify. This is us in our skin, period. We are. Those are not the same. Those are not the same. Comfortable with being black, really? That to me says that he's comfortable in his privilege and in his whiteness. That's absolutely unacceptable. Saying to read a book without pictures. Now, are you referring to your high school students? Are they dumb? Are they slow? Do they only read books with pictures? You have to explain that to me. What are you trying to insinuate? And the word that you chose, balance, balance what? Balance your, your, your racism? What are we talking about? I'm very, very confused. I'm confused at why this video went out and why he didn't, wait, and then let me go back because he said that he met with his student body. Was this child there? The child that was affected, was she part of those discussions? How can you have a meeting on campus about her issue without her in the room or on the phone or on Zoom? Like, come on now, like at some point we have to expect more from the systems that we're putting our children in or we're gonna have to remove them. And I'm a proponent for removing people. I don't think that you should be subjected to this type of treatment ever, ever, ever. And I will not make excuses for it. And I think that uh, the best thing for this young lady is she be pulled from that school. Because I fear, because of the reputation that I know Folsom to have, I fear that she would face retaliation should she go back on that campus for reporting this type of stuff? That's just my fear. And I have a little cousin that goes to that campus too. Um, and luckily for them, she said none of, nothing like this ever happened to her. But at some point, shouldn't we expect more from the places that you guys are, are going to get an education from? Anaya, what do you think? Definitely, I we should expect more. and. To go off what you were saying, Ms. Lorraine, is that during the video, he was like, we're so proud of all our students. We accept them for who they are, what they believe in. So you're accepting the racist children? It's okay to believe in what they believe in? Like, I'm just... Obviously, he didn't proofread his script and think about what he was actually saying before he read it on the video. Yeah. And I said he needs to be more specific because what children were affected? what children were harmed, right? He said, there was an incident with some children, da, da, da. what children? Which ones, huh? Be specific, right. what are you talking about? His entire script just, it was less of, oh, this, these are the steps we're gonna take to prevent this from ever happening again. It was more like, our school, it's, it's great. This is like this one incident. Our school's great, we have great students. We accept everybody for who they are, you know? Woo! That's not helping me at all. And that that's doesn't not tell me how you're going to solve this. Right. That's not going to help us solve the situation. You buttering up your school is not going to help the situation at all. So real quick, what should he have done? What should he have done? Sammy? Actually had concrete action on these students. 
and probably set a regiment to get help for black students that have been racially harassed oh. and assaulted on campus. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it this shows that students are comfortable with this behavior and they admit it with no shame because they know that they're not gonna get in trouble for it. These students only got suspended, suspended for months of racial harassment and assault. That's not that shouldn't just be an, a, a suspension. That should be a criminal offense. This is this is not just like come on now. I should expect better, but I don't because these schools keep constantly doing this, and they don't really care. And there's no action behind these schools doing this because these schools just keep on rolling, keep on moving. They they have no actions to the they got the same script, don't they? They say the same things when this stuff happens. Come on, Jada, what you saying? I feel like since they like to play Inspector Gadget so much, they should investigate and look into that social media and see what students were doing these certain things and find them and expel them. Suspension is not enough. And some of them, because of the physical assault, should be arrested. I think somebody made the comment earlier, they shouldn't be expelled. They should be arrested because that is assault. That is assault. It's very much assault. You put your hands on me. And if she were to retaliate, it's crazy. Because if she were to retaliate, she would have gotten in trouble. Come on. You put your hands on me. But if I put my hands on you, I'm getting in trouble? Hmm. Yeah, they should They should go ahead and investigate that. Since they like to investigate so much, that seems to be their thing. That seems to be their thing? <laughs> well, you know what it is. You know what it is. So listen, we got a couple of minutes left. Um, and I want to make sure. So tomorrow starts Black History Month. Are y'all excited? Okay. All right. So we're excited about Black History Month and we have a whole month of shows planned out just for you. We are going to do our best to keep everything positive. But if somebody steps out of line because, you know, people are habitual line steppers, we will address it. But we have a whole uh, month worth of shows um, coming your way. Um, Next week, we will be doing Black History Month trivia where you, the people who are watching us, have a chance to win some prizes um, and to answer some of these young people's questions. Um, I'm going to play the host, of course, so I can't win anything, but you can. Um, And then we have a show about um, positive images that we see of, of ourselves in the media and how that, you know, makes us rethink some things and see ourselves differently. Uh, we also, what else are we talking about during during the month, Melissa? What else we got? Jada, anybody? Future, what we're doing now to um, some of our current leaders who are doing things to um, change future generations, um, like you said, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, and so uh, is that it? Is that all we're looking forward to? Jada? Uh- talking about our culture, basically, uh, just, just celebrating our culture and who we are and being the blueprint of it all. Oh. The black print, I think that's what y'all call oh, it. Oh yeah, the black, black print, print, the black print. <laughs> okay, so listen, so we want y'all to get ready for that. We want you to tune in. We want you to invite your students and y'all invite your friends because it's going to be a really good time. Uh, not only are we going to celebrate, we're going to educate because we believe that there are certain things people should know about the people that they like to keep on the bottom. And so we're going to do that um, to put that out there for uh, us all to consume. And we're just going to celebrate greatness. So if you have a student who would like to be a co-host on one of our 
weeks, please uh, go ahead and email us at bbboe at bylp.org. If you have students who have, uh, I don't know, you want to acknowledge them for their tenacity in their grades during this pandemic, uh, we are building our own honor roll here at Black Youth Leadership Project. So if you have students and you want to just show them off and shout them out, make sure you can either uh, DM us, you can email us at bbboe.org, or um, you can get us on our IG or our Facebook pages. We just want to make sure that we love on our kids and we, we set the precedent for how we're going to do Black History Month moving forward. So with that, we're going to hit y'all with the wave. We will see you next week for Black History Month trivia for prizes and games with our cast. And uh, yeah, we're hitting you with the wave. We'll see you next week right here on Facebook and YouTube, 4 o'clock PST. Uh, we are Black versus the Board of Education.